Hey, hey, everyone. This is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. So I was asked to speak in front of a hundred women at this love conference, right? And they were all single women. And I was supposed to talk to them about image and how it relates to your sexy confidence and attracting love. So I decided to do something pretty daring. And I came to the conference in my frumpy mommy clothes. Now, most of you know my story of how I got to where I am today. And yes, I wore a huge oversized beige shirt with baggy sweats and Birkenstocks. Okay, so you can picture this, right? So I, I'm walking through the halls of the hotel. And as I'm walking through the hotel, I suddenly remember what it was like not being seen. I mean, even my body language shifted to my old ways where I found myself slouching as I was walking. I was looking down. I was shuffling in my Birkenstocks as I walked. And this costume that I wore literally took me back to the time that I felt invisible not being seen or recognized by men. And I mean, men stopped holding the door for me. I mean, they weren't holding the elevator for me. And when I sat, I'll never forget this. I sat and I ate lunch by myself at the bar and it took, it seemed like forever for the male bartender to ask me what I wanted. And I even remember walking into the crowded room when I entered the conference. And I swear, at least this is how it felt to me, not one pair of eyes noticed me. And it was as if this costume I wore suddenly acted as the cloak that I talk about that hid me from the world just as it did years ago. And I felt my moods completely changed too. And I have to admit, I really hated going back to that woman. And then it was time for me to speak. So I'm sure you can picture this. I'm introduced as America's number one dating and makeover and confidence expert. And as I'm walking on stage with this costume on, you could hear pins drop as I sauntered slowly up the stairs onto the stage, feeling eyes piercing right through me and jaws dropping as they stared at this woman with frumpy oversized clothes about to talk to them how to look and feel their best to attract men. Now, I start to tell my story. And as I'm telling it, I start strip, like stripping, literally stripping on stage and I'm shedding my old clothes. And with that, I'm telling them how I'm shredding my mindset. And as I started taking off my clothes, showing my hot dress I had underneath, changed into my sexy heels, I put on some red lipstick, sparkly earrings and voila, I was transformed. I took the cloak off and I was finally being seen. And at that point, everyone stands up, they're applauding me, they're laughing, almost as if they were relieved to actually see me. And then I asked the audience to come clean. I said, all right, seriously, what did you think of me before I changed? And this one woman, I'll never forget, she raised her hand and she said, I got to tell you, honestly, I was thinking, what? the hell is she doing up there dressed like that? And she said, I admit it. I didn't see you as confident or sexy. And I couldn't believe you were trying to teach us that. 
So here's the truth. The truth was, is that it wasn't really the frumpy clothes, FYI, that made me invisible. It was that I didn't want to be seen back then in those days and even in the moment that I had the costume on because I didn't see myself as Queen Bee and deserving of that attention. I became finally a celebrity in my own love life. And when, and that, when I did that, I decided to wear the red dress. And it's when I decided to turn my cab light on is when I became that celebrity. And that is what I want to talk to you about today, how you can create a visibility factor so that you can be a celebrity in your own love life from the outside and in. So, of course, I had to bring out the big guns to help you be seen in all aspects of your life. Wait till you hear who I have on the line today. She is a media personality and media visibility expert who has been interviewed on over a thousand media outlets. She is a syndicated award-winning radio and podcast host, recently nominated for two People's Choice Podcast Awards, interviews celebrities on the red carpet, a keynote speaker, a certified coach, and the author of three international best-selling books. As a media visibility authority. She coaches people on how to write a page turner book, runs a company that guarantees your book becomes an international bestseller and teaches the ultimate visibility formula. And now in its 12th year, she hosts the syndicated Dare to Dream podcast. I'm so excited. I'm going to be on that soon. Plus works with clients on their visibility strategy. So they use free PR to become known as the go-to expert. A popular media guest and speaker, she is the keynote at high-level national events, a radio and TV personality, and she has been seen in the news, documentary films, on the cover of magazines, and is a regular featured contributor to the published magazine. She has a ton of awards and accolades, including the Who's Who Hall of Fame for Entertainment. Debbie Dashinger, Hello. Hi, darling. And I cannot believe that you dare to travel without me. I am peeking <laughs> your pit. I'm serious. That was such a funny story. I Can would love to have that? been there. You're no. so brave. What a true, point. true story. Yeah, because I mean, when I teach this stuff, like I feel like I have to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? And you and I, I mean, we kind of like talked about that before. And I love, first of all, how you and I met. If we can just like even go back to that, because we like saw each other right away, <laughs> right? Like at the summit, um, the new media summit for podcasters, you were an icon, fellow icon. And we bonded immediately. And I just feel like, like for me, I bonded with you because I, I really did see you like both mm. in a visible sense physically, but also just who you are as a person. And I immediately felt connected to you. Thank you, because that's exactly what I would say about you. I felt so seen by you. And that's really, really important. And here's what's interesting. First of all, I loved you because you have this amazing personality, super open, super beautiful, and you're always dressed Aww. to the nines. And you laughed. Like every time I did something quirky, <laughs> you were cracking up. You totally got me. And you know what's so interesting? And this is very real-time processing as I'm saying this to you. is. Yeah. 
my sense of humor was hidden for a really long time. Like I was an actress and a singer for many decades. And obviously that was a big part of who I was. I, I did a lot of character work. I loved people laughing at me. And at some point when I became this entrepreneur and I became, you know, podcast woman and <laughs> <Yeah>. book writer <laughs> and all this other, you know, monikers and coach and so forth. I teach people how to write books and become best all of this somehow, like little by little, I don't know what box my sense of humor got put into, mm-hmm. but it definitely got shelved. And I became quite serious. Mm. And I, it took me so long to recognize, like see on the faces of people, after a while our conversations, it's like, it's nice to have some levity. And it wasn't exactly happening. And the other thing is like, after I did a whole lot of healing work in my life, I started to see like it was peeking out in little bits. And mm-hmm. the point is by the time you and I met at the new media summit, I feel like I've come this really full circle and it's quite out. It's quite there. And I'm just like, yeah, this is who I am. You know, this yeah. is the way I think welcome to my world. And I'm fairly free with it. And when it's received, it is actually this enormous gift back to me. So I feel like amongst many other things we had in common and this new bond we have is that you really saw me and appreciated my sense of humor. And for me, that's like a real big step in being full, complete who I am and visible. I love that you said that in so many ways because, well, first of all, it just shows you how when you're seen and that energy, how attractive that is, you know, so this relates to relationships and friendships, dating, all of it, but even more so what you just disclosed, because I was going to ask you about this, is that you know, everybody might be listening to your bio saying, oh my God, like she's this amazing person who has all this confidence, you know, and all this professional stuff that you do with celebrities and that it, it's even like for you to say, yeah, I'm not always this way, you know, I think helps because I think people think that, that people are born with this stuff, you know, just, you know, kind of born not being shy or, you know, whatever it is. Cause I was wondering how you got into what you're doing right now. Did you ever have a period like that? Oh, I've been, uh, I've been on the spectrum. Just, you know, I'm (laughs) (laughs) without diagnosing, right? Exactly. I am the visibility spectrum. If you have been there and done that, I know it. I know what it's like to be shy and awkward. I was that my entire, the beginning of my life. Uh, Funny enough, I just had a Vedic astrology reading yesterday. And this woman, it was fantastic. And she was so point on, this gal. And just like this was a little aside in the middle of the reading, but she said, and I hope I'm saying this right because I never heard of it. I see you at Rahu in your planets. And it's like, okay, never heard of that. But whatever, a Rehu. But she goes, (laughs) I know the kind of childhood you had. And I also know that as a kid, you were very shy and awkward. And you probably said stuff that you thought was funny. And it was like, boom, like you look around and nobody got it. I'm like, that was so me, totally me. And so I want you to know, I have been the spectrum. I know what it's like to be all things, but there's one thing I think, um, one of the ways I've been able to push myself a wee bit is to have some chutzpah, is to have some gumption when it comes to something. When I was young, my brother was nominated for two Grammy Awards and he invited me as his plus one. We went and had a great date. And my brother is way more shy than I. And he would stay on the side and go, oh my God, look at that. And Mm. even at the level my brother was at as a composer, he still saw people he 
so wanted to meet and was too afraid, would never have done it, would just admire them from afar. And I would take it upon myself to go up to these people and say, hi, my name is Debbie Dashinger. It's great to meet you, you know, and fill in the, the big rock star's name. And, oh. you know, my brother was just nominated and he admires you. He'd love to meet you. So I like made this amazing night for my brother because I had such a set of balls to keep going up to people. But I found like these interesting ways with people in that world to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Most of them are open, not all, but most of them are actually phenomenal people. And if you address them as a peer with great respect, but with you know tons of confidence and maybe a little bit of quirk, quirk is good. For instance, when I met um, Steve Tyler, I was in Canada, I was in Vancouver, I was staying at the Four Seasons Hotel, I was with a group and I went up to the concierge counter, I just wanted to find out a place to eat and it was me and two guys. And I look over and I look right in the face of Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. And, oh my God. Blurted <laughs> out of my mouth and I said, oh my God, I adore you. And he said, baby, I adore you too. And he walked up to me and I was wearing this angel necklace, a big angel feather wing. And he took it from my breasts. <laughs> he gently brushed my breasts. And oh my God. picked up this angel feather wing. And we ended up having this phenomenal conversation. Now, mind you, I had to coach myself in the middle and just stay present and breathe. This is, yes, it's Steven Tyler, darling. You're not hallucinating. Just, and then I just had to be in the moment. Like he's a dude, right? He's a human being and he's a groovy human being. But if, if we can all operate there and, you know, not ask for stuff, they hate when we ask for stuff. They just want us to be us. And then they're so happy to connect. It's amazing. The relationships you can develop. Okay. So wait, with influencers is big. Yeah, no. And you know what comes to my mind as you're saying this, and it's so perfect being on the love show here is that, you know, I often have clients who say, you know, I don't know why I get tongue tied and I get in my head when there's somebody I'm attracted to. So it's almost like equates to like being around a celebrity, you know? And so all those tips that you just gave are so perfect for when, you know, people are getting nervous before they flirt or before they interact with somebody that they're really attracted to, because I feel like we're our own worst enemy every single time. For the most part, nobody sees that, but you, like you're thinking something way worse in your head than the reality, because what you said is so true. If you just say hi, most people say hi back. (laughs) I mean, most people don't take the necklace in between the breasts and say hello, you know, but but a hi usually goes a long way. And so like not being in your head, being in the moment, have that playfulness and just going for it. Like the chutzpah that you talked about is so relevant for even just approach out there in the field, if you will. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be real with oneself, right? Uh, Because With dating, which it's true, this is very akin to the subject I'm talking about with a celebrity or somebody you admire, transformational thought leader. Maybe you meet Kim in person, it's like, wow, right. <laughs> listen to you, you're awesome. And you're having this experience. The thing is, don't deny your experience. So, hey, mm. I've been in the dating world, I get it. You know, if I was with somebody who's like, hubba da, hubba da, hubba da, if I say, wow, that guy is so like amazing and smart. I think I like him or he's so hot or whatever, or this is an amazing celebrity I've thought of for so long. If I then try to deny that and say, oh my God, don't feel that. Or, you know, if I try to resist those feelings, deny them, make them different than what they are, I'm lost in a struggle. 
between what is and what I'm trying to pretend isn't. And I am so not in the moment and I'm probably acting really weird on the outside. But if I admit Mm. to myself, yeah, like this is a very good looking individual and he's amazing to talk to and I am so enjoying myself, then take a breath and just, it is, it just is. And frankly, I only once, and I've interviewed some very attractive people, very attractive, well-known people on my show, Mm -hmm. but only once did somebody throw me. And I just think it's an energy thing, but my goodness, I understood why television loved this man. I was like, woof, is is there a fan in this room? Because holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened? What did you do? Same that I'm describing. I had to say to myself, this man is devastatingly good looking and he's got this je ne sais quoi. I mean, you can't buy or bottle this stuff, but he just innately has this charm, this magnetism oozing out of him. Man, do I feel it. And I get why the camera loves him. And I just was with what, what was. And then I allowed myself to become fascinated by what he was saying. You know, no one mention. It's like, I admit this. I allow it to run through my body because it's truth. And then I went right back to present moment because it was an incredible conversation. And then I just enjoyed that for what it was. That's awesome. I, it, it all goes back to just being present with that person rather than thinking of yourself in that matter. Because I think that's when people lose it, you know, cause they start thinking about, oh my God, how does my hair look? Or, oh my God, you know, am I saying the right thing? But if you take the focus off of yourself and more onto the, the present and the person and the environment that you're in, that's when the connection happens and you, you kind of let all that stuff go, I think is what you're saying. And I think you have to know at some level, I'm the shit. I think it's uh, some level, you just have to have this mantra. And if, you know, even if it's a drumbeat that's too low and you want it to be louder, but just remember all the places and spaces where you are a rock star. Is it with your kids? Is it with your neighbors? Is it at your job? You know, are there other people trying to date you that even if you're not interested in, they look at you and go, wow, you know, think the same things you're thinking about this man or woman. Like allow that to be true because you are. There's only one blueprint that's you. There's only one star that gave gave its energy to you, and that's you. There's only one reason that your soul came here. So anybody is very lucky to be sitting across from you, occupying your time and energy, and Mm. let them earn that. Yes. Oh, God. It's so, I love that. It's like the same message that you and I talk about. And, and it really isn't any different. It's all about that kind of self-love and just, you know, really knowing it's like that queen bee attitude that you are the bomb and you, like a man would be so lucky to have you or a woman would be so lucky to have you and know all that you are. But, you know, what would you say to people who don't feel that? Like, where do they, you know, how do you get people to have like a visibility factor who is like so used to being invisible and not feeling that? I work with people when I have clients who come to me who are so high functioning out in the world. And Mm -hmm. I look at them and think, wow, you have the best gift. OMG. And yet they have stuff at various levels. Some of them have been out there in media. Some of them want to be out there in media, but Everybody I've learned has stuff. So that's great. It's the great equalizer. Like you're not alone. If you have insecurities, awesome. 
you know, mm-hmm. own it. It kind of makes us pretty fabulous anyway and vulnerable. And that's very lovable. And at the same time, we're not alone. Everybody but in different pockets has a something, something. And I always work with my clients on first what's really happening. I have this uh, beautiful client. She she does some pretty profound work with energy. And it's amazing because she translates corporations, hire her, individuals, groups. So she can translate in a lot of different pockets out in society to do her work well. And she kept talking about, oh, it'd be nice to speak. Oh, it'd be nice to be interviewed. Oh, it'd be nice, you know, maybe do some YouTube videos. But mm-hmm. that's not me. It's like, really? (laughs) That's not what I'm getting over here. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at what I do. And I get something completely opposite. So let's just talk about that. We, that's a wall, right? You can't do anything Mm -hmm. with that's not me, but let's talk about what comes up for you. If I were to book you in a speaking gig, or I were to book you on some radio and podcasts, what's the next thing? And sure enough, like talk about not being able to be present. She was so involved with what she thought she should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And okay, that's interesting, but what's underneath that? And then we had this whole conversation that interestingly went back decades for her about not feeling visible or safe growing up, about how she had to protect herself. And I mean, there were very vivid stories, pieces of her I didn't even know about coming to this country, trauma, how she had to protect her identity. It was like, wow, no wonder this is showing up in this way. And through that conversation and through some exposure and like a newfound confidence that actually this story, there's power in stories, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't about any longer having to hide that part of her or even this story. It's actually about using this part of her that conversely was so powerful, wounded, but incredibly powerful because who she was today had the answers. She actually knows how to do that and step into that. And I'm telling you that within three months of working together, she is now being groomed for a Netflix TV show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. And this can happen for anybody, like wherever you're coming from, if you're willing to unearth whatever that original stuff is, like Mm -hmm. have that safe one-on-one private conversation and start to work with what really was, there's always inherently a gift there. It looks like garbage, but it's so full of treasures, what you've learned and become by virtue of what you went through. And you no longer need to be invisible. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that story. And it's, it's like you literally changed the script of her story, you know, by changing, you know, just the dialogue in her head and really focusing on the strengths. It's funny because there was a woman that I was working on and actually she used the exact words that you just said that her, the, your client used. She was looking at clothes, you know, we, I was doing a makeover on her and she was looking at the mannequins and she's like, you know, that's not me. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing. And, and so I did with her with clothes, what you did with this woman. And I put, I said, well, maybe you don't think it's you, but wouldn't it be fun to put on the costume and see if it can become you? And so she did and she put it on and she, I remember she just stood in the mirror looking at herself like in amazement. And she's like, wait, is that me? Is this, is this mirror rigged? <laughs> like she, kept, she couldn't believe that that was her. So I think sometimes it is putting yourself in a different story in a different costume 
to get a different result. And then that in turn gives the confidence to be seen. I have this game that I play with myself because I've got that Ooh. voice too. Yeah. I'll go to a, a store and I'll say, oh yeah, I don't wear that. Oh yeah, that doesn't look good on me. Oh, you know, I have all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so the game I play is that I get to try anything on without making a decision. Now, the one thing yeah. that I do stick with, and I know you'll relate, Kim, is colors. I do know my palette. Yes. Right? So I don't mess with that. I am not a winner. You're not going to suddenly see me in white and black and navy. It's, it's ghastly on me. You'll always <laughs> see me in fall colors, period. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, though, I'm open. And so I've learned to say, oh, that's pretty cool. Just, you know, throw it in the basket, throw it in the basket. Right. You can try anything on. All it is, is my time and play time. Like, didn't we all play dress up growing up? Mm -hmm. It was like taking these different things. And I can tell you the, the statistic, the percentage of times that I will find something phenomenal that I would have bypassed otherwise because I've allowed myself, ah, you get to try anything on. I have found some of the most amazing pieces in my closet because I allowed myself that. And I've so surprised myself by what can look good. And I think too, like we all have body parts and we're like, oh Mm -hmm. no, that's not good on that. I, you know, and I'll be super transparent for anybody else who relates. I'm busty. Like I'm really busty. Camera, I have to be really careful what part captures me or I can look like, uh, you know, I can look like maybe the, the bottom half of me isn't, you know, doesn't work out, but I do. I work out every day and, and being busty has its own thing. Sometimes I have to go up a size just to accommodate that mm-hmm. my bristicula area, if you yeah. will. That's that Steve Tyler <laughs> really liked. <laughs> That's even Tyler really like. Right. He obviously saw that too, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but to the point, because I know a lot of busty women, like you can look at, again, perspective, right? Some hate that part of themselves and some love that part. And, and sometimes it's a perspective thing. Maybe if you wore something different that, you know, where you saw yourself in the mirror, where that part really does work for you then you can learn to love it. You know, I was, um, when I was young, as we're talking about body parts, do you know that people used to call me daddy long legs because my legs grew first before the other part of my body in junior high. So like back then I hated my legs. Yeah. And so now what I fast forward again, perspective, what's so funny is that it's my favorite part of my body now. Like I always wear Yeah. Like you with the boobs, I always wear the short dresses because like, that's yeah, my favorite part. So it can change when you learn to embrace it. Yes. Yes. And you know, to know, I mean, really clothing is like paint on a canvas, right? Yeah. And it's just about finding like cuts and flows. And I think we start out with basic things. My basic things are, I have to be comfortable. I can't do big turtlenecks. Like that's too. Oh God, that would be the worst for your body type too, by the way. And it would, yeah. And it's just the feeling of something on my neck like that. Mm-hmm. You know, wools aren't particularly good for me. Very um, uh, clothes that don't have movement. And this is just a feel thing. So I already know some of that. But outside of that, I figure, man, design away. Because I really actually love fashion. 
And rather than me sit back and go, God, I wish I didn't have boobs. God, I wish I wasn't 5'4 and I was 5'11. Then I'd be in the fashion industry. It's like, great, good luck in your life. (laughs) (laughs) This kind of is who you are. But if instead I embrace it and allow fashion to come to me and just experiment, you know, try these different things, it really is super fun. And when you find those beautiful, sumptuous pieces, there's nothing like opening the closet going, I know what I'm wearing tonight. Bam. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that, yeah. Well, and I wondered what your theory is because, you know, I think overall what we're talking about in terms of the visibility factor is it's a mindset switch. It's dressing the part. It's owning who you are. It's perspective. It's authenticity. It's being in the moment. It's all those things that we're talking about. But like, do you believe in the whole theory of, you know, fake it till you make it? Because if, if someone is starting from scratch and they're used to being invisible, I did a whole podcast on that, actually. Uh, do you feel like that does work? Like, in, especially when you see celebrities and stuff, I wondered that whole mindset. Well, I'll tell you that celebrities all have media training. I can promise you that they're doing yeah. sound bites and storytelling and statistics, and they know how to do a three, five minute interview, bam, and knock it out of the park. They're mm-hmm. being trained by people like me. I know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. So there is that element. And outside of that, I would say, you know, it's a good question. It's a fair question. I've used it before when I was much younger. And I would say courage is really doing things in spite of. It's okay to be mm-hmm. afraid and it's okay to do it anyway. If you know in your heart of hearts that you really want to be interviewed, you really want to be visible, you really want to date, it's like you kind of have two choices. And I'm not trying to, t- to be militaristic about it, but you mm-hmm. do, in the end, have two choices. You can say, too afraid, not going to do it, cancel, cancel. And then what's, what's that going to be? Like, just imagine that being on the couch, eating popcorn Friday and Saturday, Monday through Thursday. That's not Mm. fabulous or just hanging out with friends of your own gender. But what would happen if I shouldn't say that because people could be dating other, you know, same gender. I think the other option is it's okay to be afraid and do it anyway. It really is okay. I think 99.9% of the time when we're afraid and we do something, we are so successful. We're mad at ourselves. Like, what the hell was I doing sitting on the shelf when this was so darn easy? Like my head is so full of garbage. It's a bad neighborhood. I'm not going in there anymore (laughs) because it's not giving me very good advice. I went out here and did it in spite of myself and voila, like look at the success. And I met somebody amazing and I feel Mm. hopeful and I allow yourself that experimentation too, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Take out the garbage. I like that. Take out the garbage of your head. That's that's like fantastic. Advice. Time to recycle. <laughs> yeah, or recycle the ones that you. Yeah, that that works for you. It's so true, and and I so agree with you. I I don't even believe that um, there is failure, even though we all fear it. There's only experience, because you can't grow, you can't learn, you can't you know, change when you're doing something the same. You have to go through things that maybe feel uncomfortable, probably because you haven't experienced it before. And that's a good thing. I mean, that's what kind of pushes you and forms you. So I, yeah, I, I, and I, and I totally agree with you. I think that you do sometimes have to just visualize yourself to do something that can help you, be, you know, get to the next place. 
when I first wanted to speak on stage, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. So uh, transparency, I had spoken a lot. I had led workshops and I was fairly big out there. And then I took a break because I was doing all this other radio and book stuff. And then I wanted to come back to it years later. And boy, they say, you don't use that muscle, you lose it. And that is no joke. Mm. I was petrified. And I was going to be delivering all new material in an all new way. And what I did, and one thing I always do right is I work very diligently in the background so that I am prepared when I do something. So Mm -hmm. I meet fear with preparation. This I know. So I've worked very hard to get my speech down, to know where I'm going, to know how how I'm going to dress, everything. That's done. Still, the day of speaking, ooh, the nerves, even the night before, you know, really, Mm -hmm. I wish I could tell you, Kim, I was a one and done. You know, I was just really afraid and it went away, but it wasn't. It happened over a year of speaking. I mean, it was so big, this fear that came up and this trepidation. Mm-hmm. And what I needed to do, because I would have been that person on the couch eating the popcorn, not speaking, or I was going to choose in spite of fear to go forward anyway. I was very clear this was important for me to be on stage, to meet my community and tribe, and to offer some service and words. And so I would go up there and I would shake or never shake and go, what was all that about? This was so Uh awesome and easy. I would allow myself to do that, but to still show up. More recently, there's a party that happens here in Los Angeles called the Greater Good Party. And it's- I don't know this party. How come I'm not invited? You will be then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go to self-invite Kim. Yeah, go. <laughs> to do you see how I do that, everybody? I just kind of like drop the hanky right there. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and you would love this because Greater Good Party, this is just an aside, Greater Good Party is this couple that said, OMG, the world, not so fun, don't love the news. What if we can focus on the good and invite like really outstanding people in the community to share and talk and do poetry? And and oh. it's a stuff really once a month, a beautiful evening that they have in Brentwood. I will totally introduce you to these people and love, be so happy if you come and I can spend more time with you. So one month, and I've only gone as an, an attendee, I was invited. And then I think it was last month, I was, I, I'm also a certified wine specialist. So I was at a Ooh. wine tasting as the best. Oh and I was God. leaving like at 11 PM from this event. And here's a text from Michelle, the wife who does this party, big coach out in the world. And she texts me and says, I didn't know you sing. I had no idea that you had a, had a career as a, as a professional s- singer. <clears throat> My best friend, Juja had told her, and she said, you know, we'd love someone to sing us in. Would you? And of course, the bubble over my head was like, hell no, I haven't Ugh. sung professional for a decade. What are you, crazy? And the other part of me said, baby, you know, we teach visibility. <laughs> <laughs> right. That means it's going to keep coming up for you, like with your clients. Mm-hmm. If this is your core wound and gift, it's never going to end in this lifetime. So I texted her back, yes, I'd be happy to. Wow. She sent me the specs and it was the night of, and um, she invited me up to sing them in. Very interesting. I was clear as a conscious aware individual because of the nature of the evening, they wanted to be sung, quote unquote, sung in ah, some kind of hymnal or some kind of like meaningful song, but it's Debbie. 
I don't march to that drummer. And instead I was thinking, it's Friday night. Everybody wants some levity. They just drove all the way out here to the West side to Brentwood. And I bet they'd love to laugh. <laughs> I'd love to make uh. them laugh. So I pulled out a song that's rather hilarious about a man I fall in love with at Starbucks, <clears throat> who's a latte boy. <clears throat> and that was my song. So here's the deal. I'm in the audience. This is the very beginning of the evening. And they bring me up to stage. I know I'm going to sing something nobody's expecting, but I feel in my heart of hearts is the right thing to do. And I'm going to tell you my right leg all the way up to hip, my hip was going 90 miles an hour shaking. Oh. And much like where we started this conversation, I said to myself, hmm, it's all right. You're afraid. Cool. Do it, leg. You know, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still singing. Yep. Yep. I just checked. I'm still singing. And I wasn't going to stop. And I wasn't going to get in my head. And I wasn't going to close off my voice. I was going to really entertain people. That was my intention and commitment. And it was so awesome to look out at these faces and see them laughing, see my best friend in the front row <laughs> with her little phone videotaping the whole thing. I'm going to kill her if it's Facebook Live and singing my little heart out. And you know, it's amazing. When I got off stage, my boyfriend ran up to me and said, oh my God, because it's the first time very few people know me as a singer. He's, and he knows I sing, he's heard me sing, but this was different. And he was so proud of me and hugging me. And, and my best friend was hugging me. And you know, later I said to Rob, my boyfriend, like, oh my God, my leg. Oh, I was so frightened. <laughs> and he said, I have to tell you. And he's a straight shooter. He's a Leo. He doesn't mess around. It's right. No filter. And he said, I never would have known you were so poised. You were so funny. You were so connecting mm. all the things you want to be and do. So I'm telling you this because it's like another piece. A, I still get frightened. Mm -hmm. B, I still look fear in the face and say, cool, we're going to do it anyway. Come with me. You get to experience this too. We're going to see it's like not a big deal. I don't let it take me down. You know, I don't let it stop me. I still acknowledge it because it's there and present with me. And I, I'm still going to show up and do my thing. And I think when we're all those things, we can still be the best of. And they say fear actually gives us this huge shot. Yeah. This, this adrenaline thing that allows us to light up and show up in a almost bigger way than we would usually, that we can use that energy to propel ourselves out there. So like for anybody, anything that is new, challenging, a thought form, you know, you're not sure of, you can use all that and understand that fear, you can actually transmute that to do the thing you want to do the best yes. way you want to do it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And besides all those lessons that you just said, another thing, and again, full circle is that what we see in the mirror, what we see in our head is vastly different than what others see of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, always kind of like thinking of that. And what I also love about the whole leg shaking thing is that you moved into it. Like I almost imagine you using that leg as, as a way of keeping the beat as you were singing, you know, it's like, take that thing that's you're reacting to and, and just show up with it, use it, move with it. When I was in an improv class, we did an exercise once you might even know this game where you're supposed to highlight the thing that you think you're bad at. 
Mm. and you do it to the nth degree. <laughs> and so what's so funny about this, again, it, it, in my head, I thought I was a bad storyteller. Now, this sounds weird because here I am loving telling stories on podcasts. <laughs> I mean, this is like mm. how I talk. But I, I told a story exaggerating how bad I tell stories. And everyone stood up and clapped and laughed and they said, that was the best story. <laughs> and it was a big lesson for me. I was like, wow, like using the thing that I think I'm so bad at actually to my advantage. And I just think like with all the stuff that we're talking about, that's the lesson here. Like just, you know, showing up with that stuff and be seen. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. I love that. That was your Achilles heel. Yeah. And everybody loved you for it and applauded you for actually being a great, great storyteller. And you are great because you started out the show talking about how you went on stage and I'm thinking, oh God, I mean, I was visualizing it, mm-hmm. but I would have, I truly would have loved to have been there and seen that. That is brave and so smart of you to do, to punch hole home a point like that piece of our clo- clothing after piece of clothing <laughs> yeah. to yourself i can imagine not only did they love you but guess what unforgettable like that's taking visible to the nth degree in a very clever way now you're not wow. just showing up being you i mean look i've seen you i know how fabulous you look in person period i know how well you dress you and i are friends on facebook i also see when you travel how you show up and how beautiful you look but the fact that you could do that, who's going to forget Kim? So that's building a community, a memory, a message mm. in a way that is everything. You go, uh, girl. <laughs> I love that. The memorable. You know, I, I was going to ask for parting words of wisdom from you. However, I think, you know, there's, I'm sure I'm not the only one who wants to hear that song you, you sang. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <clears throat> okay. Dare you? Dare you? You want to hear that precise song? I mean, kind of. Oh my gosh. Okay. Visibility. There's a boy who works at Starbucks who is very inspirational. He is very inspirational because of many things. I come in at 811 and he smiles and says, How are you? When he smiles and says, how are you? I could swear my heart grows wings. Woo! Oh my gosh. That was amazing. (laughs) And I sang a love song, a dating song. I was going to say, I mean, what better way to end this podcast? (laughs) Everybody, all you have to do is step up to the counter and order. That's the message. And you'll get a latte boy caffeinated, ready for you. (laughs) That was awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much, Debbie, for just sharing your wisdom, your laughter, just all of you on here. Um, Tell people how they can find you really fast. You bet. Debbie-inger.com. Everything spelled different. D-E-B-B-I. There's no E. It's D-E-B-B-I. And the last name's Austrian. D-A-C-H. I-N-G-E-R, so debbie-inger.com. Also, if you're interested in visibility and you'd like to join one of the classes opening up the ultimate visibility formula where I teach you how to be interviewed on radio and podcast in 60 days or less, go to debbied.net slash visibility. It's D-E-B-B-I-D.net slash visibility. Follow me on Insta on my name. Thanks for having me. 
Oh my God, this was awesome. Again, thank you so much. And of course, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you want help being seen and become a celebrity in your own love life, sign up for a free breakthrough call after you take Debbie's course. And we will do like a one-two punch with you by following the link on the show description so I can help you get there. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.